Welcome Midday Magazine for December 16th. I'm Jordan Lewis. Kelsey Leak and Arnie Dahl were aboard their fishing boat when it ran aground last month near Point Baker on Prince of Wales Island. Leak ultimately made it to safety, but Dahl did not. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra talked with Leak about her experience spending a cold night out on a small rock island. Last month, Kelsey Leak lost a lot. She lost her pet parrot, Petrie, of seven years, and she lost her boyfriend, Arnie Dahl, when his fishing vessel sank and they tried to swim to safety. She also spent a harrowing 24 hours, wet and cold, waiting for rescue. I was sitting on that rock thinking, I don't know who's going to believe this. <laughs> Dahl was a fisherman, a power troller. His boat, the 39-foot Randy Joe, was like a second home to the couple. Dahl and Leek had been dating about a year, but their love had bloomed quickly. I mean, it was just magic. He came for dinner and he didn't leave for six months. <laughs> It was a clear, sunny day near Point Baker on November 27th. Leek says there was calm wind and the waters were foam. She and Dahl took the Randy Joe to gather firewood. On the way back to town, Leek curled up in the wheelhouse to take a nap with Petrie, her parrot, tucked into her shirt. Her golden retriever, Millie, was also with them. What happened next was sudden. I woke up to being, like, face first slammed into the side door in the wheelhouse and uh, I, it, the door busted open and I landed outside on the walkway. Dahl told Leek they'd hit a rock. They had a skiff along as well and used that to check out the situation. When they got around to the front of the boat, they saw a huge hole in the port side. They knew it would sink. Dahl climbed back onto the Randy Joe to get his important papers while Leek stayed in the skiff. She had just learned how to drive it. I remember him, like, running to the bow, and he's like, come on, come on, come get me, come get me. I'm like, okay, okay, my brain is trying to work. And I got up to the the midship line again, and a wave pushed the skiff up under the lip of the sinking ship. The skiff sank, and the Randy Joe was sinking. The pair had to swim. To their left, they saw a tiny rock island called West Rock. My coat started to fill with water. And I was trying to get it off, and I went underwater. And I remember, like, opening my eyes under the water and, like, looking for my zipper. I, I got back up, like, got in my shirt, and I took Petrie out, and she was just gasping. And I, I tried to, like, salt shake her the water out of her, and then I was trying to, like, swim with her. And he said, you have to let her go. I need you to swim with me. I let her drift off, and I couldn't even, like, fit that in my brain at that point. So I, I took a deep breath and just put my face to the water and just started swimming as hard as I could. Dahl, Leek, and her dog, Millie, made it to West Rock. It's about 500 feet offshore, and Leek says it was about the size of a small living room. But it was high enough to stay above the tide. It had a concrete slab marker on top with reflectors and a light. After resting for a moment, the situation started to hit Dahl. He's like, oh my God, there goes my boat, there goes our skiff. And then he paused and he's like, I just killed Petrie. Oh, my God. And he looked at me. And then I could see his, like, gaze lock on Joe Mace Island. And he was like, we can do that. If we can get over there, we can go get help. But to Leek, the distance looked at least twice as long as what they'd just swam. She had a bit of survival training, and her gut told her not to leave that rock. 
She tried to convince Dahl they should stay, but he insisted. You stay. I'll go get help. You stay. Promise me you'll stay right there. I'll come for you. She watched him swim out, his head disappearing in the distance, and then it was just her and her dog, Millie. Leek knew that in a survival situation, she could not let emotion take over. So she told herself that Dahl must have arrived safe on the next island. Okay, he got out. He found Petrie. I know they found like some random bottle of Jameson and they're just making a fire on the beach, getting warm. They're having a party. They're going to come for me first thing in the morning. And then Leek and Millie faced a long, cold night. Leek's clothes were still wet. They were synthetic, so they kept her somewhat warm, but it got down to around 26 degrees that night. It was a cold, hard night. I I couldn't feel my feet. I mean, my whole body hurt the next day from shivering. Sea lions kept approaching, and Millie chased them away. Leek talked to them, naming the biggest one Brutus. She did toe scrunches to keep her feet working. She told Millie they had to stay positive. She tallied all the people waiting for her on the other side of the water. She sang songs in her head. Nickelback came on in my head. Like, if today was your last day. Leek and Millie stayed awake all night. They cuddled on the hard rock until the sun broke. Leek could see a house across the water. She stood on top of the concrete block. And I was waving my hands from 7.30 until 2 p.m. And trying to get somebody's attention. I had some moments on the rock that I I was, I mean, it was daylight. I was starting to process my grief. In the afternoon, she realized she might be out there another night. So she climbed down and started wringing out her clothing. And that's when I heard the like, put, put, put of the boat. I was like, oh my God, somebody's here. And I looked over and I see this big white boat with two skiffs towing behind it. And I ran down all those rocks barefoot and I was jumping up and down and waving like a crazy person. The boat was the Dell 2, coming back from a hunting trip. As soon as people found Leek, the search for Dahl started. Suddenly there were like skips everywhere. I mean, we looked, we looked until way past dark, way longer than we should. The weather was starting to get crappy. I mean, it's, it's so hard to like give up. The U.S. Coast Guard and Wrangell Search and Rescue searched the area for hours, but no one found Dahl. Leek stayed in the area with friends of dolls, and they mourned together. I had a year with Arnie, and it's a huge loss. Um, But there are people out there that have known him his whole life. Leek lost two of her loved ones to the ocean that day, but the positivity she cultivated on that rock island that kept her going till morning, it stuck. And it's helping her get through the loss and focus on what she does have. Leek is now back in Wrangell, where she grew up. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. A more complete version of Leek's story will be posted on kfsk.org next week and will be shared on Facebook. Nine athletes from Petersburg High School's wrestling team are preparing for the state tournament this weekend, December 16th and 17th, in Anchorage. The tournament will take place at the Alaska Airlines Center, and every division will compete. Division 1 consists of the bigger schools around the state, and Division Two is made up of the smaller schools and the girls' bracket. First and second place finalists at the regional tournament in Southeast are auto- automatically qualifying for the state tournament. Any athlete who places third has a chance if their coach can argue for their qualification. Petersburg's entire team placed at the regional tournament in Ketchikan on December 9th and 10th. Six team members qualified automatically, and three more athletes ultimately qualified. 
KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with the head caught up with head coach James Valentine this week for an update. Regions was awesome. Kids were excellent, and they excellently did excellent. It was awesome. They they did they did they did super good. Um, I'm super proud of them. You know, like you know, as a coach, accumulation of all year, you know, sicknesses, grades, you know, different personalities, and all this, and then when you see it come together, especially when it matters uh, at Regions, is it was it's a really cool thing to see. And overall, we did excellent. Friday was a little bit of a slump. Every kid knew it. You know, kids had tougher matches than they anticipated. You know, when they they feel as though they should have done better, or they had a tough loss, or just they had a tough win, right? And so Friday, everybody felt a little off, right? But then Saturday, woof, duh, we lit up. We absolutely lit up, and it was excellent to see. Like one that stands out in my mind. Uh, unfortunately, didn't make it, but it was one of the highlight matches. Was just you know via effort was Aiden Cotta. He had a, a excellent third fourth place match where it was I think the score was seventeen to fourteen, right? And he ended up pulling it out and the win at the end. And it was just just boom 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 go go go. How you want it? How bad do you want it? Oh, I want it. Yeah, you know, and just, it was just really cool. And so for everyone to understand, there are fourteen weight brackets for the male division, right? I only have about half of that filled. So 140 pounds and above is what I have. So with that said, I had a team of 10 boys. We were able to take third place by only two points, two points from second and then 10 points away from first, which is insane. So that uh, we just, our boys and girls, but our girls will never win uh, a title just because we only have two. But as a boys team who was, uh, could have taken a region title, like, Two points away from second and less than 10 to 15 points away from first, that's insane. And we only had 10 kids, and only eight of them are allowed to score, right? So it was great. It was absolutely great. Happy for what they did. And we have a lot of placers as well, you know. All my kids placed. My lowest placed sixth, and everybody else placed fourth or above. It was awesome. I mean, I can't be more proud of my kids for what they did with with winning like they do and taking losses like they do. You know, it's like it shows as much to anybody out there, anybody who truly understands uh, athletics. It shows if you lose and, you know, we have people that take second and fourth. Second and fourth are hard places to be because you have to earn a third and first place. But to show your character on taking second or fourth, I mean, that's huge. My guys walked off, heads held high, being like, I was only this one match. I'll get you next time. Kind of attitude. You know, and that's that shows a lot to me. And my guys who took third and first, you know, those guys, they're out there. I don't even know how. They just, they're just so respectful, which is great. But you want to be like, you want to be like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But they're like, you know, so respectful to that degree. And yeah, it's awesome. I don't, again, and a lot of my kids know, like, I don't really care how they do win or lose i just i always like to see effort and a lot of my kids have given me effort i mean i'm just excited for them to just show off at state regardless of win or losing just show off go show that southeast has some tough guys you know that was head coach james valentine speaking with kfsk's avery hederman sakamoto about the regional tournament nine team members are heading up to anchorage this weekend to compete in the state tournament the end of the year is a time to reflect on the last 12 months and look forward to what's ahead. 
Metlakatla's tribe is taking this time to look back on the biggest things that happened on Enna Island in 2022. KRBD's Reagan Miller caught up with Metlakatla's mayor to learn more about the events that define the year. It was a big year for Metlakatla. That's why Mayor Albert Smith wanted to create a way to look back at everything that happened. Something that uh, um, I thought of last spring, we, we've been working on trying to get together um, sooner, but it, it Every time we were getting close, there would be another uh, big thing going on. But finally, the Melakatla Indian community was able to release a 12-page digital book that readers can flip through to learn more. It's the first of its kind and, and something that I would like to see continue. Um, just keeping the, the people up to speed with, with everything that we're working on. Uh. One of the highlights was the opening of a new veteran cemetery. The opening was attended by Senator Dan Sullivan and Metlakatla carver David R. Boxley installed new memorial poles to commemorate the service members buried there. The Metlakatla Community Garden received a $30,000 grant for its work on giving youth access to indigenous food systems. The tribe also received more than $1 million in funding for a new boat launch, diesel generator, and a portable shredder. What stands out to Smith is finally securing the funding for an intertide to Ketchikan's electrical grid. The Biden administration announced in November that Metlakatla Power and Light would receive $10.4 million for that project. Getting the funding to complete the intertie project is uh, is something that's been going on for decades. And, and to get that uh, funding awarded to, to finish that project, is uh, that's a milestone we've been trying to get for for years. And uh, Metlakatla is very proud of that. This year also marked a shift out of the pandemic health restrictions that defined the last few years. Metlakatla ended its COVID-19 response in September. Smith says he's thankful residents can gather again. It's definitely nice to to uh, gather again, as that's what our how our people have, have always been uh, um, celebrations and and uh, mourning our our loved ones and stuff. We we always gathered and. Uh, and you don't realize how important all of that is until he, he, there's restrictions on, on it. Smith did note that wildlife officials are still trapping the invasive green crabs that made their way to the waters around Annette Island this summer. More than 700 have been trapped so far. Yeah, that, that's definitely a tough one. Metlakatla also lost well-known and beloved carver Wayne Hewson this summer. Smith says he's looking forward to a long to-do list in 2023. Definitely excited and very pleased with how the year went and uh, uh, extra excited to see how this next year is going to go. One of the projects kicking off in the new year is working with the Southeast Alaska Watershed Coalition on an assessment of the island's salmon-bearing creeks. Metlakatla's tribe also received grant money to replace damaged culverts that are blocking fish from swimming upstream. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller.